I don't know about you, but when I sit down in my favorite chair to watch TV, the last thing I want to think about is the TV spying on me. Well, it might not be actually taking pictures of me in my sweats without my hair or makeup done. There are actually TVs out there that spy on you. And I'm not talking about the CIA. I'm talking about the TV's manufacturers. How they do it is actually quite clever. These smart TVs are so smart that they have ways to track what you like to watch, how long you have the television on, the commercials you stay tuned to and don't skip forward on, and a whole bunch more. Then these TVs send all your data, your habits, your likes, and your dislikes to servers located who knows where. They're called smart TVs. What makes them smart is basically one thing. These TVs hook up to the internet. Like your phone and your tablet, smart TVs let you add apps that give you access to video streaming sites like Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube without adding an external device like Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku, or TiVo. And did you know that you can use your smart TV to get regular weather reports, you can streamline videos, and even browse the web and use Facebook? A lot of people don't realize that. Smart TVs are smart in other ways. Everything that's stored on your PC is accessible through your smart TV. Sure, your photos can be streamed to your television. And when you're having a party, that's a lot of fun. But this could also mean that you're also sharing personal information, such as your usernames, your passwords, credit card details, unknowingly for anyone to see. And this makes you vulnerable to ID theft. And if that's not enough to keep you up at night, there are large television manufacturers, such as Vizio, who are said to sell your personal data to make a quick buck off of you. Meet privacy expert Ham Dixon. Basically, it was looking at and recording every, literally every second of every television or video or any kind of anything that was coming over that television. And it was connecting it to your home profile. I'm Kim Commando, host of the nation's largest radio show about everything digital. And in this podcast, you're going to learn these little known secrets about smart televisions and also what you can do about it. We're going to talk about your privacy, certain models that keep tabs on their owners in uncomfortable ways. And there's really no good reason for this kind of shifty behavior. My advice, well, turn the features off. Don't worry, I'll cover that too. Commando On Demand is brought to you in part by Epson and the Epson EcoTank 4750. Start the new year off right and save. The Epson EcoTank 4750 comes with enough ink right in the box to print up for two years or 5,200 pages. Learn more at epson.com slash ecotankkim. That's epson.com slash ecotankkim. Epson, exceed your vision. So you might be asking yourself, how can a television actually spy on me? How is this possible? How can a TV be that smart? Nobody does it better. Again, it's all about the internet connection. Makes me feel sad for the rest. But not all smart TVs are spies, even if they are connected to the web. It really depends on what the television manufacturer's privacy policy says. But whoever reads that. So protection is important. Yes, even your television needs protection now. If there is a uh, an Internet of Things device, like a smart TV or even a doorbell, but especially a smart TV, 
If those devices are connected to the internet and they are not appropriately firewalled or protected, it is a problem. To learn more, I spoke with Pam Dixon. She's the executive director of the World Privacy Forum. That's a huge nonprofit public interest research group. She describes her organization as a group of privacy geeks and actually calls herself the chief privacy geek. I love that title. She talks about firewalls. And as you know, they're pretty important to have in your whole security arsenal. So, for example, if you are going to do um, loads and loads of home shopping, um, you want to make sure that your smart device is definitely has some kind of protection going. You, you're going to want, um, for example, some kind of you know protective router or something like that. It's, you need to find a way to make sure that your devices um, either have a built-in firewall, which a lot of them do, or um, you need to make sure you have them behind a firewall. More on firewalls and routers coming up. As far as a privacy policy goes, Vizio, well, they didn't have one. And that's why they got into a lot of trouble. But let's back up just a little bit to 2014. That's when Vizio and an affiliated company were accused by the Federal Trade Commission and the New Jersey Attorney General of collecting detailed information on millions of customers' TV viewing habits without asking for anyone's permission. We're talking about second-by-second information, including consumer cable video, DVDs, over-the-air broadcasts, streaming devices, set-top boxes, and broadband. Just about anything that that television did was sent back to a whole bunch of servers located on the internet. They also did something called data appending, which is when um, Vizio went and took uh, their uh, IP address, their internet address, and went out and got even more information about them. So they sold the information to third parties who used it for target advertising. Okay, it's really scary to think about how easy it is for a company to get all that information from just your IP address. Vizio ended up paying $2.2 million in a settlement. That's not a lot of money when you think about it. This was the fine for not getting express consent for tracking and selling information from their customers. The complaint says this was deceptive and unfair and in violation of the New Jersey Consumer Protection Laws and also the FTC Act. Not only that, moving forward... Vizio was chastised. They were told not to bury their privacy policy anymore. In other words, when asking for your permission to use your personal data, the notice can no longer be hidden in a long terms of use agreement. It needs to be separate so you can easily find this information. I'll tell you right now, it's not that easy to find. Later on the podcast, I'm going to tell you how you can opt out and just say no to this collection of data for several popular TV manufacturers. Okay, back to Vizio. They say they were pleased to reach this resolution. Well, they should be. And it sets a new standard for going forward for the best industry privacy practices. Vizio also said they wanted to make it clear that they were never accused of pairing viewer data with personal information, only using this data to create reports to measure viewing audiences or behaviors. Vizio was ordered to delete all data collected before March 1st, 2016. This was, a, I think, a very, very important case for, for all of us because, you know, with everything being connected or so many things being connected, it's so difficult to know what companies are doing kind of on the back end. We have to really trust the companies that we choose to give our business to. Okay, this is easier said than done. 
I'd like to believe that all companies are honest and have my best interests at heart. But the reality of it is, I have no idea, neither do you, if the manufacturer is protecting our personal information when we buy and use a smart television. So what can we do? Before you purchase an Internet of Things device, the best question to ask is, when I plug this device in, how secure will it be? How secure will my information be? And what do I need to do to make it more secure? That's great advice, but you still need to take action since you can't depend on the manufacturer to safeguard your private information. It's certainly possible for other companies to do what Vizio did. Absolutely, there's no question because there's so many connected devices now. So what we really have to have is we really need to have trusted companies who come out and say, look, we are a connected device company and we are not going to do that. Here's our best practices that we're going to share with you. The bottom line, there are too many devices and too many connections for the Federal Trade Commission to police. We need to have a culture where our companies are trusted and become trustworthy with our data. Security today is a heck of a lot better than it used to be. I mean, remember, Windows used to be packaged even without a firewall. And what about that Yahoo data breach? That was huge. The reason it was so bad is because um, it also breached the security questions. So if someone um, got a hold of your username and password and your security questions, basically they could log into your bank, for example, if you use those same terms again. And what about a firewall? Do you really need one? And what about antivirus software all by itself? Well, you need to make some changes there, too. The Commando On Demand podcast is brought to you in part by iDrive. Protect all your data on all your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices to one iDrive account. Switch to iDrive today from any competing service and get 90% off your first year. iDrive.com, promo code Kim. Today, a firewall is an absolute necessity. And also, hardware routers uh, that are protective are also very helpful. And what they will do is they will... um, They will block malicious traffic at the hardware level. They're really hard to spoof. And uh, I have a sense that that is probably where a lot of Internet of Things kind of uh, options are going to go. Because if we're plugging in, uh, for example, you know, 18 light bulbs that are Internet connected, um, you don't want to have to set up endless things to protect all of this. So a good... A good um, hardware router is also really effective. So you might be thinking, what happened to good old antivirus software? Why do I need a firewall? Why do I need to secure my router? The truth is, there is no antivirus software for televisions. Well, not yet anyway. And while all it takes is a password to lock your computer from passerbys, that's not the case with a smart TV. You see, anyone can access a smart TV with a remote control. And since televisions, even smart ones, aren't really considered an appliance, there's not much security involved. They're far less protected than a computer, making it an easier target for thieves and snoops. But all hope is not lost. Short of disconnecting your smart TV from the internet, there are a couple of other things you can do to protect yourself from dishonest folks. For any smart TV running on an Android platform, you can download security apps for your Android phone from the Google Play Store. You can also set up a guest account. That is, if your Wi-Fi router allows it. We have more information on how to do that over at commando.com. But the whole idea, and it's a great idea to do this, is that you have one network that contains your smart appliances, such as your smart television. 
and then another one for your computer that contains all your personal information. The whole idea behind this is that if someone hacks into your connection for your smart TV, your dishwasher, or your smart washing machine, it's not going to be too much of a hassle for you. They won't be able to access all the gadgets and other personal information on your network. You also have to be really careful when installing new apps, since a lot of them are now loaded with hidden malware. Only download apps from iTunes or Google Play. And keep in mind, it's not only companies you need to worry about. Cyber thieves are also on the prowl. Probably the easiest thing you can do to protect yourself is to have great usernames and hard-to-guess passwords. I've recommended this for more years than I can count. The single biggest risk um, in, in hacks is really your username and password. And if you use those in multiple instances in a couple of different sites, you're in a lot of trouble because that is just gold. Pam's really good. She told me she uses 50 different password and username combinations. Of course, she's tempted like the rest of us to use the same combo over and over again, which is probably the worst thing you can do. I'm sure you've heard it before, but you never want to incorporate the word password into your password or even your name followed by 1234. Anything common is just a really, really bad idea. A really great tip that um, uh, an old FBI cryptographer gave to me once is to think of the phrase of a song um, and, you know, make a couple of substitutions in that. Okay, here's an idea. You could change the phrase, this land is your land. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. (sighs) To something like, this land is your dog. I know it sounds corny, but it doesn't matter. The goal is to outsmart the cyber thief. Your personal information being out there for companies and hackers to view from the privacy of your home is not any different than having it stolen from an open Wi-Fi network in a hotel room or airport. Yes, I just said a hotel room. You probably never even thought about that. When I check into a hotel, the only thing I want to think about is lounging by the pool and sipping a little drink with an umbrella. I don't want to think about anyone stealing personal information off my laptop. But the reality is that anytime you connect to an open Wi-Fi network that's unprotected, you are vulnerable to hackers. At a hotel, you should be especially careful. Stay away from anything, such as shopping on your computer or smart TV, any place basically where you need to give out your credit card information. And don't forget about ransomware. Hackers have the ability to shut down your computer or your television and ask for a ransom in order to unlock it. This can hit individuals, but the people it really hits the most are small businesses and all the way up to very large businesses and hospitals. There are even, I mean, there are just amazing stories of some hospitals that have literally paid hackers ransom to unlock their uh, healthcare, the healthcare data of their patients, which is really scary. So you might be saying, okay, Kim, I've heard about ransomware on my phone and on my tablet and on my computer, but not on a smart TV. Okay, here's the deal. If it can happen on those devices, it can certainly happen on your smart TV too. Let's say that you're sitting there and you have an internet connected TV. That means somewhere you're going to have a remote control or some kind of keyboard that's going to allow you, for example, to do online shopping with your TV. Well, it's really convenient and really fun, but the thing is is that you have to make sure that when you're typing in your financial information into your TV, that your television is connected in a safe way. Now, I don't want you to freak out and say, okay, I don't ever want a smart television in my house, ever. 
as we move forward in this connected world, it is going to get harder and harder to buy dumb devices. From cars to refrigerators to TVs to even toothbrushes I've, I've seen lately. So um, we have to really understand that uh, the, the kind of the, what I would call the analog world where things weren't quite as connected, that world is starting to, you know, go away. I, I do think that we have to be cautious. Not everything needs to be connected to the internet. And I do really hope we find a balance. Yes, she just said toothbrushes. Literally, I just saw uh, some, some articles about uh, internet-connected toothbrushes that were sending, uh, you know, information to insurance companies so people could get a lower premium. And I think that's going too far. <laughs> we should have some things that aren't connected. And, and as, as a society, we've got to figure out what those things need to be. But uh, definitely cars and TVs and refrigerators and, and lights and whatnot, it, it, the trend is definitely toward um, more connection than less. It's going to be very, very difficult to uh, purchase things where, you know, it's not going to connect. Especially cars. Think about older cars. I love classic cars. You know that. And when you look at a classic car, it's pretty basic. There's no Bluetooth. There's no place to plug in my iPhone. No video screens for the kids. 20 years ago, in 1994, the first patent was granted for an intelligent television combined with data processing through an analog or digital network. Now, one feature was the TV's ability to automatically download software that you requested. And more and more people are using digital television last decade. It's definitely improved. And remote control technology makes it super easy to use smart TVs. I'm not talking about the type of handheld remote that first came out with TVs. Or maybe you remember when TVs never even came with a remote. When I was growing up, I was the television's remote control. My parents would call me and say, Kev, come to the family room. And I'd be like standing there like, what do you need? Can you change the channel? And I used to look at them with that teenage look and go, really? Today's remotes let you use your smartphone or your tablet. All you have to do is download an app. There are several to choose from, such as the Apple Remote, the Bluemo Smart Control app, and even the Harmony Hub app. The whole idea of your smart TV watching you may not actually shock you, given how many advertisements follow you around the internet based upon cookies that you've accumulated along the way. Banner ads for your favorite Amazon products may appear in your Yahoo feed, for example, and Facebook could write an encyclopedia about your preferences. These smart TVs share this information with third-party companies, but it's hard for the average consumer to find out where their data goes. Meanwhile, smart TVs are famously vulnerable to hackers, and you may not want your device to know quite so much about you. Fortunately, you can turn off the tracking, but these TV manufacturers are super smart. They don't call it tracking. They use marketing phrases. For example, if you own a Vizio, head over to your TV system setting, and then reset and admit under there there's a feature that says smart interactivity sounds really great but you want to turn this off samsung got into some hot water as well when techies picked apart the voice command system yes it's nice to be able to control your tv with your voice but samsung saves that data and then sends it to third-party companies in many ways this could even be more frightening because it's not just your preferences and movies and tv shows it's your actual voice Samsung and its affiliates aren't planning to do anything nefarious with this information, but there's no reason for them to have it in the first place. So here, on your Samsung TV, head over to the TV Smart Hub 
and then terms and policy, you're looking for something called Sync Plus and Marketing. There, disable it. Luckily, most LG TVs don't use this kind of spy feature as a default setting anymore, so you should be safe. But slightly older sets may have a feature called Live Plus, which is essentially the same thing. Just head over to your LG TV, open the menus, go to Options, select Live Plus, and turn it off. The bottom line, as technology gets smarter, we need to get smarter too and keep up with ways of protecting ourselves from hackers and companies who choose to share our private information. I welcome the day when we can opt in and opt out and also get paid for sharing our private information. After all, it's our data. Thanks for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to share this information with your family members and friends. My podcasts are available on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. But the best way to listen is to get them in the free commando.com app. Just search for Commando in iTunes or Google Play. Oh, and by the way, would you like to watch my show live or maybe on demand on your schedule? You can if you're a Kim's Club member. Learn more at club.commando.com. And also, as a Kim's Club member, you can even come by and be my guest in the studio next time you're in Phoenix. And to listen to my show wherever you may be all across America, go to commando.com slash radio. Does getting something flavorful and balanced on the table feel like a chore? Let HelloFresh take care of meal planning so you can save time and have fun cooking and eating. Visit HelloFresh.com and choose what meals you want from an ever-changing and delicious menu. Then let HelloFresh shop and deliver pre-measured ingredients with simple 30-minute recipes that require minimal cleanup and cost less than $10 a meal. Go to HelloFresh.com Kim to get $20 off your first box. That's HelloFresh.com Kim.